welcome to First Person, a podcast brought to you by Coleman FBC. I'm Chuck, and during the next few minutes, I'll join you, the listener, as we meet and get to know others in the First Baptist family. Together, we'll learn about them, their families, and what brought them to Coleman. First, I want to thank the production team of Karen Harmon and Vince Donahue for their help in making this podcast available. So I'm joined today by two very special people for our First Person podcast. Uh, these folks have been uh, at First Baptist for, we were talking, maybe four years, five years, a little over five years. Uh, today we're joined by David and Diane Shaddix. Uh, they have they've been here and, and they've been involved in some things, but we asked them to come in as new members, and then we wanted them to share their story. And uh, so it's great to have you guys. Thank you for being here. I I think you'll. I think we'll enjoy being together. We, um, David and Diane and I, go back a long way, and and uh, so we'll kind of talk about that a little bit. We'll get into that a little bit. So, but just welcome. Thank it's you. good to have you, you with us, and thank, thank you, you for for setting aside some time just to come by and talk with us and and share with us and and that kind of stuff. So the first question that I always ask folks when they come along is, uh, and most people when you meet them, you'll ask them this question. You'll say, "Well, where are you from?" So I'll start with you, David. So tell us where you're from. Okay. I'm originally born and raised here in Coleman. Oh, the right. only place I've ever lived in my entire life. So uh, I was born in 1956. So that, you figure that out how old I am now. So Let me see. I can add that uh, yeah, up. I'm, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pretty close to that Let's just say myself. close to retirement age. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I understand. So, uh, and I've lived here my whole life. Never yeah. lived anyplace else. Visited a lot of places. But I have no desire to live anyplace else except Coleman. In the hills of North Alabama. Hills of North Alabama is enough for me. That's you. And so, Diane, how about you? Where were you born? I was born and raised here in Coleman County also. So we have have a lot in common. We both love Coleman, born and raised here, high school sweethearts. So we we love Coleman, and it's always been home. Always been home. (laughs) I think, and I may have have to go back and check, I'm not sure I've had anyone on the podcast thus far that both were from Coleman. I've had a lot of folks. You know, because of new folks, and, and new folks are moving here, uh, I've had a lot of folks who weren't, you know, raised in Coleman and didn't grow up here. They missed a blessing, That's didn't right. they? They sure right. did. <laughs> they, they really did. Well, let's go back. Let's start with family. And, David, I'll start with you first again, and then we'll switch this up a little bit. But, David, tell us about your family, about uh, your mom, your dad, and those kind of things. I, I was raised in, in a Christian home, blessed enough to have Christian parents. Uh, we always went to church, you know, Sundays. And when I grew up, uh, we were attending Eastside Baptist Church. We lived just a few blocks from that church when I was first raised. And uh, that's where I was saved, really, as as a small child. I was about uh, seven, eight years old when I accepted Christ and uh, baptized at Eastside there. Then then later on, uh, my parents moved into the county around the Gold Ridge area. So I grew up uh, the rest of my years out there, went to Fairview High School. And graduated there, and that's where I met Diane. We were, uh, she's a couple of years behind me in school, but, you know, we kind of started dating her, her last years in high school, and I just graduated when we started uh, dating. So, uh, and then we got married in 76, um, and uh, we lived out there at Gold Ridge, and we we uh, went to Center Grove Baptist Church then. Okay. We were out there probably 20 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's a long time to stay to church, but well, we don't, no, we don't move churches very long. <laughs> but after that, uh, we moved our kids were fixing to start school, and they were going to start in, in the Coleman school system. So we 
kind of moved into town. Right. And uh, so we were, we first originally went to 7th Street, which turned into Northbrook at that time. So we were there another 20 years. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, we don't we don't change churches we very often. Churches we change churches too we're often. We're two homebodies. Yeah. So then, uh, then uh, after that, uh, we just felt led to, to 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 move and and we looked at a lot of churches. We visited a lot of churches, and there are a lot of good churches. Oh, sure. In Coleman County, oh, there are that preach the word, and you can grow. But the one thing that really stuck out in our minds, and we talked about it during that process was when we came to First Baptist, uh, the biggest thing that drew us, caught our attention, was our Sunday school. Yeah. We, we were Sunday school people our whole life. That's how we, you know, affiliate with growing and, and everything, learning what we've learned so far. So it was a, a blessing was to a, us to be involved in a very good Sunday school class. Yeah. It was the Allen Dunklin class. We still, still go there today. So that was a major factor in us attending. Then, of course, Tom had just uh, arrived here. The church right. folded him in when he first came. Then we joined just a few weeks after that, really. So yeah. that's how we arrived that's here. That's how you arrived here. So, Diane, tell us about where you grew up, how you grew up, family, and those kind of things. I grew up, as I said, here in Coleman. Uh, I am the youngest of nine children, so some say I'm spoilt. But <laughs> um, and we attended church as when I was younger and everything. And um, then my parents divorced when I was fourteen. And um, but prior to that, I had um, I had joined the church at, at Vacation Bible School at age ten. But when I was 16, and, I, and so after my parents divorced, I got back in church, and I uh, was in the youth group, and I sang in the youth choir and did all the things that looked like yeah. I was a Christian, yeah. but the Lord began to lay on my heart that I didn't have a relationship with Him. Right. So when I was about 16, uh, uh, one Sunday morning, you know, and it became a pride thing. I can't go down front and admit that I'm not a Christian. These people think I'm a Christian. But then I, you know, I just had to get over that because I wanted to spend eternity in heaven. And so I went down and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And I was about 16. And so David was out of town that day. Uh, we did not attend the same church at that time. And so when he called me that afternoon, the first thing I said to him, I said was, um, hey, guess what happened to me today? And he said, what? And I said, I became a Christian. And he said, I thought you already were. And I said, no, I was just a church member. I was not a Christian. Mm -hmm. So uh, I became a um a Christian at age 16, 16 and, you know, was very involved in the youth group there at our church. And then David and I got married a couple of years later, and we have always been involved, you know, in right. church. And and it has just been a, a main part of our life, you know, right. and uh, we've had good Christian friends, good Christian pastors and, and yeah. you know, taking courses to help us grow in our faith. And, of course, there's nothing like getting in the Word at your, on your own at your home, sure. but we've been very blessed very to blessed. have good pastors and good friends. That's great. So we've already established that David robbed the cradle, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. exactly. Yeah, and, and you're the trophy wife, so we got we know all that. So, uh, so tell us about. I'm going to ask you, Diane. Tell us about kids. Tell us how how all that worked, because I know that's an incredible. I know the story, but that's an incredible story. Yeah. How you wound yeah. up with the boys. Yes. Well, um, we, David and I, uh, me being from a large family and him being from a good Christian family, you know, family was just 
a, a part of our plan. You know, we always plan to have children. But um, we ran into some difficulty. We dealt a lot with infertility. I have Crohn's disease and um, became sick. Um, we married in 76, and I became my health um got kind of bad in 77, so we've we've dealt with a lot of health issues in our married life. But um, so anyway, you know, we were told that we would probably never be able to have biological children, and so we really began to pray and ask the Lord, what do we do now? You know, mm-hmm. do you want us to adopt? Do you want us to become foster parents? You know, Lord, what do you want us to do? Do you want us to do nothing? So we just depended on Him, and the Lord began to open the door through adoption. Mm-hmm. And it was David who really felt like that, that the Lord, that's the way the Lord was leading us. And so we, after we were married 10 and a half years, and we had uh, uh, applied to an adoption agency in Kansas City, Missouri. And um, they call, I'll start crying. They start, they called us and said, uh, you know, that they had a baby boy for us. And that was our first son, Joshua David. He was uh, three weeks old, and we flew up to Kansas City and uh, went through all the legal paperwork and all that and brought him back home to Alabama. And then five years later, Later, we um, uh, adopted our second son. His name is Jonathan Mark, and um, you know went back up there, and uh, every the Lord just opened so many doors for us, and they are our miracle children mm. um, because we never thought that we would be able to have children, and so uh, we promised the Lord that if He would give us children, we would tell you know how great He was and is and able right. the way that he worked things out because if and I won't go into a lot of the detail but he truly worked out a miracle right. um and opening doors because there was a lot of doors closed but he opened these doors and and he you know because I was not sure. I'm always questioning, God, is this really what you want us to do? But he knew the fears that I had in my heart, and he knew I just wanted to wanted his will for us, and he made it perfectly clear, right. perfectly clear. There's no doubt in my mind right. that these are the two sons that God had for us, mm-hmm. and he brought them into our lives. And we yeah. feel very blessed and fortunate that, uh, you know, I'm a big pro-life person, and I'm just thankful that two women chose life for their their sons, and then they felt like they could not give them the life that they needed to have, so they allowed us to adopt them. And so we just feel very, very Very blessed and very grateful for two young women who made the right choice, you know. It is a blessing, and you know, for from, from my understanding is, even though there are so many people who would like to adopt, it's a very difficult process a lot of times. Yes, it has its challenges. Uh, it's yeah. challenging, yeah. And so, well, if I could fast forward many, many, many years, that adoption and God's plan wound up being part of my life. Uh, my daughter, Elizabeth, and we came to Coleman in, in 02, and not too long after that, uh, my daughter met your son. and. If you fast forward even more, there's two grandchildren in that picture now. Yes, so wonderful a, grandchildren. <laughs> oh, the best. The, or my friend referred to them as the grandest children. The grandest. And I think, there you go. I think that he's right about that. So, yeah, so that's a huge blessing. And I know, you know, I just think I think back about, you know, what a blessing you were for those those boys, you know, to be able to come into your household to bring them up. And, and you know, even though, and I've, I don't know how this works exactly, but it, the bond that's created biologically, I think it can be, it's overcome by, you know, David would tell me, I mean, Josh would tell me straight up, your son, oldest son, Josh, he said, that's my mom and dad. 
you know, well, it gives I think you, that's so sweet, tell you the truth. It gives you a great picture it of does. how we are the adopted children exactly. of God and how he loved us just the same as his only begotten son, yeah. you know. And so I never really, you know, people would say, oh, y'all, y'all were so good you adopted. No, we are the ones who are the beneficiaries. I don't really see what we have done for them. I just know what they have done for us. Yeah. And I still look at them. Josh will be, um, what, 36 in, in October and Jonathan's 30. And I still look at them and just marvel at, at them and how God worked. And now with the grandchildren we have, it is just, we are so blessed. We, we, have, we have been on the receiving end. Yeah. And yeah. I hope that we have been good for them, but we have just been so blessed and been by all that the, you know, what we would have missed out on had we not had them. So God is good. I mean, as as believers, yeah. Yeah, All the time. So let's, let me ask you about this. And I normally do ask folks about what they do vocationally. And so David, tell us about what you do and how, how it all came about and that kind of thing. Sure. Uh, My dad was Earl Shaddix. And uh, he's in the early 60s, uh, he started his own business repairing cars, body work stuff, and a record service. It kind of grew from there, and I grew up around all that stuff and in and out of the shop at an early age, you know, hammering on stuff and just tearing up stuff mostly. You know, as I grew up, even between grades of high school, I'd work the summers with him. And if he went out somewhere, I was always with him. I mean, he, he, I would go every chance I'd get. Even in the middle of the night, you know, we'd get a call. I'd, I'd get up and I'd go with him. So uh, it's just something I've always done my entire life. So when Diane and I got married, you know, we, we knew that that's what we were going to probably do. So um, we we went into partnerships together when we went to the location we're at now. And, uh, of course, um, he retired in uh, 89 and since passed away in 96. So we have the business now ourselves, and now our youngest son, you know, is, is, is work, working with us up there now. So uh, it's, it's been a family business for a long time. Uh, we've, we've probably been in business over 60 years now So since he started. So uh, it, it's, it's been a, a blessing for us. It's been a, a, a mainstay for support for our family, and uh, I still enjoy doing what I do, even at retirement age. So. If I had an opportunity to do something else, I don't know that I'd do it. <laughs> I so I, I still love going to work every day. So uh, that's just that's just part of it. it, it it's kind of challenging at different times. You know, the 24-hour record service is, is not for the faint of heart. I mean, it's just everybody can't do that. Don't want to do that. Don't have no desire to do that. So, uh, but I, I enjoy what I do, and it's it's helping people in and, and, and some of their worst situations sometimes you you're, you're able to reach out and help them to get through oh, yeah. it in some different ways. So uh, uh, that's that's where we're at in, in Well, I'm just a, a, a personal note. I'm just always so impressed with anyone who who owns a business, runs a business, and can make a business go. Uh, because in this day and time, it it's just difficult. And you guys are, you know, y'all are a mainstay of the community. Earl's Body Shop is and um, been there forever and, and done stuff for – you know, uh, for everybody. And so, and most people know you and, uh, uh, I've never heard a bad word. So if that's a, that's a, that's a plus, you, you know, talked so, to a lot of people. Have you? Uh, <laughs> I try to keep it confined. You know? <laughs> no, no, they, they do. They, you do well. So 
you mentioned it when you were both of you when you were talking about it. you came to First Baptist, right? Yes. And I think da- and David shared about you know kind of what what drew you here and and what it is that you enjoy about being uh, part of a First Baptist church or this First Baptist church in particular. Uh, have you been able to get plugged in and feel like you mentioned Sunday school? Do you feel like you've gotten plugged? David, I'll ask you. Do you feel like you've gotten plugged in and you know absolutely serving? Uh, that that's one of the greatest areas that we were looking at for a church because we grew up in that setting all our lives. Right. So that was something that we missed when we were hunting a different church. So we got plugged into the Sunday school and uh, we just kind of got rooted and. Um, you know, when, you, when you're part of a class, you learn about the individuals in that class, mm-hmm. what they are, what they're going through, and especially in the prayer request time. Yeah. You learn a lot of things that people are going through, through. in their sure. lives. Sure. We went through health situations uh, just recently, you know, with Diane's situation, being uh, diagnosed with cancer. Uh, we feel like that the Lord has really worked in our life and comforted us through the prayers yeah. of our Sunday school class and our church members. Yeah. Now, there's a lot of people we know that were praying besides that, right. but it, it has just amazed yeah. me how God has put people in our lives around our church setting that helped us through a very difficult right. situation. Yeah, so I here's what, that that's what I was going to ask you about. We So, no matter what, we don't want to paint a picture of like life is grand, life is great and all this kind of stuff because you and you guys, like so many people, that horrible thing called cancer made an appearance in your life. And so, you know, and it is, you can see God's providence with that because you here you are, you're, you're in church and you're part of a, a Sunday school class and people love on you and all that kind of stuff. But, Diane, you being the one who has gone through this, mm-hmm. uh, I, I think it might be an encouragement to other people if you could just share how this, what came about, how it all yeah. worked. And, and, and then finally, too, how, how the people that have ministered tried to pray for you and love yeah. you and all that through all this. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, um, you know, no one ever expects to hear the words, you know, you have breast cancer. Right. and But, you know, w- w- I had found a lump, and so— uh, uh, it was before the holidays, and I thought, well, I'll wait till after the holidays and because I had an appointment with a doctor. And so then, you know, went to the doctor, and then the test began to happen. And um, so then uh, uh, David had went home. We were going to go out to eat with some friends. And so the doctor had told me, he said, Miss Addicts, when I get the results back, I will call you. You know, I'm not going to make you wait. And so it was uh, on a, a Tuesday evening, and uh, I was we were about to close the shop. And so the, my phone rang and I picked it, answered it, of course, and and it was the doctor. And he said, Miss Shaddix, I have bad news. He said, I hate to tell you, but you have breast cancer. And it was like, you know, just such a shock. And I, David wasn't there. Now, the first thing that came to my mind is I've got to get to David. I, right. For some reason, I've just got to get to David. And I said, I asked the doctor, I said, well, what's the next step? And he said, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we have more tests and, you know, things. My office will get in touch with you with our youngest son. I guess, heard me and came back there, and he said, Mom, what's wrong? And I said, I just need to get to your dad. And he said, let me, I'll drive you home, which you know where we live. We're 60 seconds from our business. I said, I can drive myself home. He said, no, give me your keys, and I'll, well, I'll drive you home. So I went back. So he drove me home, and he said, you go in and tell Dad, and then I'll come back. And um, 
So I went in and, and told David, and of course, you know, he was shocked, and because we just, you just don't, you don't allow yourself to think that this right. is going to happen to our family, but it did. And as David has said many times, it took us by surprise, but it did sure. not take God by surprise. And so, you know, we, of course, were very, um, we were filled with fear to begin with and didn't know where to turn, what to do. And, and our son came back in and, and, um, and he was upset, of course. And I, but you know, God just began to fill me with the peace. And I said, Jonathan, I said, God's got this. I said, number one, he's already been working. I said, he's brought you home because Jonathan had been gone for many years. And two weeks prior, he comes back to Coleman. Mm-hmm. Moves, you know, they moved back. So we have all, our both boys are here. And I said, God's got this. You know, he, he's, he's working. You, you know, he's brought you home. And even before that, Chuck, even at the beginning, of January, I had bought a Bible study and thought, I need to get in this Bible study. And it was about trusting God. Mm -hmm. So I was already studying verses that I was going to need in the coming months to trust God in this journey. And so, um, you know, we went and uh, did more testing and found out the kind it was. And my the type, I have HER2 positive breast cancer, which is a aggressive reoccurring type of breast cancer. And uh, but our church family has been wonderful to us. Uh, we chose to go to the and uh, at the request of both of our sons, they wanted us to you know to go to Birmingham, and so we went to the Bruno Cancer Center, and that's where I received my treatments. And uh, they they chose to do my uh, therapy and chemo first, and then do my surgery. But through this time, um, you know, people have been so good. And, and I just, you know, when I was diagnosed, I just really got in the Word even more because I knew I could not survive without God's Word. And it gave me strength and it gave us both comfort. And our, our Sunday school class has been wonderful. The, this church family has been wonderful. I would say from March till the end of, to, to August, uh, probably every week I got a card from somebody in this church. I would get cards with uh, gift cards in them saying, hey, I know you're not going to feel like cooking. Here's you a gift card. Go get a meal. I mean, it's, it, it, we would get cards from people. I'm like, who? I, know, I recognize the name, but I couldn't put a face with it. I mean, so it wasn't just people who were close with us. It was just right. the the whole church has just been so wonderful. I, we both have wonderful families. I have a big huge family, my sisters and, and our children and daughter-in-laws, everybody has just been wonderful. And we've just seen the hand of God. And so I had my uh, surgery in July. And I'll never forget that, uh, you know, I'll never forget receiving the call that I had breast cancer from that doctor. And then when the surgeon called me that Thursday, and I could tell by his voice, he was excited. And he said, Miss Shaddix, you know, and told me his name. And he said, uh, we've got your final pathology report back. And there was no live cancer in the pathology report. He said, the cancer has, d- uh, the chemo has done what it was designed to do. And it has worked perfectly along with the, the therapy drugs. And so when I got off the phone from him, of course, I called David because I was at home recovering and I called David. And of course, he was real excited. And um, the neighbor was um, cutting uh, some trees down that day. And I was kind of thankful, even though our house sits back off the road, because um, I was so 
excited and so happy. And I was praising Jesus. I was, I'm, if that had been a pew, I would have jumped it because <laughs> I mean, I was shouting and thanking God because I know that, you know, it was a, this was a God thing. Sure. And God has been so faithful through us through our whole 46 years of marriage. Um, and, you know, we knew the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. But God would have been good even if my diagnosis had not turned out as sure. good as it has. God yeah. is still good. I'm yeah. just thankful that he chose to answer our prayers and the and the things the way we, we were praying. And the, through this whole thing, we wanted him to be glorified, right. you know, yeah. for and, and God doesn't just. I don't see this as a punishment. This was, you know, we live in a fallen world and we're going to have things that come up in our mm -hmm. life just like everybody else. But but God allows these things in our life, I believe, for our growth and his right. glory. And, you know, it's like one day I was talking to a man there at the cancer center and he overheard my phone call. My sister called to encourage me and tell me God was going to be with me. And I said, oh, I know. He's with me now. I know that. I feel him. When I got off the phone, the man said, you know, he said, I didn't mean to eavesdrop on your conversation. He said, but I, I, he said, I'm a Christian. And he said, I agree totally. Because I said, I could not make it without God. I, mm -hmm. I don't know how people go through these things yeah. in their life without God. And he said, I totally agree. And he said, we may not know this side of eternity why we're going through these things because he had cancer too. He said, but there's a reason. And yeah. one day we, you know, may not be in this world, but we'll mm -hmm. understand why. Mm -hmm. And so I just hope that through our journey, through uh, what we've been through, and David have, has been so supportive Sure. For 46 years, but no more than these last several months have been so difficult for both of us. But he's been so supportive. And, uh, you know, but we knew God was with us. Right. We knew that we were not alone. And the day that we were driving down to Birmingham for my surgery, we both were just we just had this peace. And I right. know it's from so many people praying for yeah. us because I wear this bracelet here is is my niece Felicia had these made and mm -hmm. they're they're prayer bracelets mm -hmm. and it's got my initials and it's got the breast cancer symbol and she mm -hmm. had these made right after I was diagnosed I think there's like 60 out there I have a large family and a lot of friends I gave to some friends and so people were praying for me daily and when I see my bracelet I pray yeah. for the people who are praying for me yeah. so it's just been a it's just been a blessing to see the good Goodness of God's people. Right. And, uh, you know, we hear a lot of negative things that are going on in this world, but I'm telling you, I have been so amazed. And I hoped I can pay it forward for the right. good things that people have done <clears throat> for us through this. I hope that we can repay people just a little bit for what they have right. done for us. So what I hear a lot from what you're saying is that being part of a family but being part of a church family yes, and uh, getting plugged into a Sunday school class yes. and, and those kind of things. I mean, I know for all of us, but one of the reasons why I wanted you guys to come on and specifically you is I thought, you know, there will be, there are people walking through this. Yes. And my hope and my prayer is, is that this will encourage them some, you know, and, and plus we want to encourage people to know that, that as a church, we're a family, you know, and we and it's our it's not just our responsibility, but it's the desire of folks to to love on you. You have to make yourself available to be loved. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have trouble with that. They don't want to do that. But but and I I do feel like from a from a ministry standpoint, the 
the folks in First Baptist do that well. They do. Um, and your Sunday school class and those kind of things. But you're a blessing, David. Thank you're you. a blessing. You guys <laughs> bless my life, and I appreciate you um, for for loving my daughter and for loving our and we do. our grandkids and and all that. So God has joined us together in a different kind of way than any of us would have ever dreamed. But what a blessing that is. So. Thank you guys for coming in. Thank you You're for welcome. just sharing your heart and uh, just being transparent like you always are. That God is good, and uh, we'll just uh, it's wonderful to be part of a church. And I think people realize this; they pick up on that that where new people are coming, new people are being part, and and we have some young families with with small children. And I I really believe it's our responsibility, mine, yours, you know, to I can think back when I was, when Susan and I were young and our kids were small, you know, folks that were older than us, parents, but they were the ones that generationally ministered to us and led us. And we, we learned so much from them because they had already been down the road. And I know times change, but basic parenting, raising your kids, loving your kids, uh, teaching them about Christ. Uh, I mean, that's just what we do. So we're, we're blessed both to be part of a, a, a growing church, we're blessed to be part of a multi-generational church, too. So, But you guys are a blessing. Thank you for coming Thank by. Thank you. Thank you for having and, us. Uh, we'll see you next time on First Person. Thank you for listening to First Person. I want to encourage you to share this podcast with friends and family.